Um, uh, welcome, Martha. Hello, and thanks for having me. Well, well, thanks for taking the the time to to speak to us. Um, uh, it, uh, it's it's an interesting one, I think, uh, um, particularly with the the announcement that sort of came came out of the uh, the US. Um, so, I guess uh, initially, um, when you did read the news, obviously when it was uh, 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 announced, um, what was your initial reaction uh, that uh, you know, a task force was was actually uh, sort of being put together? Um, and what was what sort of uh, what was your initial reaction? Well, the initial reaction, in all honesty, was the U.S. is catching up with other parts of the world. Uh, okay, sure. <laughs> yes, and it, it's obviously it's a it's a great thing and it's a good thing. But I'd also not necessarily look across the Atlantic um, for leadership from that perspective, simply because the U.S. has a completely different environment. Because you know this is clearly a federal announcement. Um, states that states have um, are doing their own thing. So while it is a great thing, I would also say um, I would stick closer to home, given all the initiatives that we have here in Europe. And I speak as a German living in the UK. So whatever I say, I really don't want to have any political associations yeah, with that. Sure, sure. Um, because the European Union has actually been taking the lead. Um, in a few a few years ago, the EU, and when I say a few years, I mean 2019, the EU already published guidelines for ethical AI. And more recently, and when I say more recently, in April 2021, um, the EU has um, put forward, again, proposed legislation, just um, um, as was the case around data privacy, data protection, the EU is taking the lead in saying, this is very important. This is also potentially very risky. Let's do something to bring this within into a proper framework to ensure that people's rights and and health and everything is safeguarded. Um, alongside with that, um, it, and I'll stick with the EU for a moment, and then I'll mention the UK. Alongside that, we also have a lot of funding and various initiatives, both at EU and at country level, mm -hmm. that yep. are specifically aimed at not just fostering technology. There is obviously, obviously a, a wider program as well around advancing technology, but there is specifically a lot of funding dedicated to AI, and many countries also have their own AI strategies. And if you've not already looked at that, I'd strongly recommend as reading um, a report that was recently published um, as part of a global initiative together with the OECD around what is happening in AI, what's happening at national level with strategies. And that's where I'll come to the UK, which also has a national AI strategy and where also there is a high degree of awareness of the potential risks associated with it, which is why the House of Lords um, put out a consultation a couple of years ago and in December 2020 published another report um, on AI in the UK, um, which they actually called No Room for Complacency, which kind of set mm, a signal yeah. in itself. And I'll stop here. That was a very long answer to a short question, but uh, to me it's actually important that we, that we 
look closer to home for leadership than across the Atlantic on this particular topic. That said, clearly, a lot of the technology is coming from the US. Absolutely. There, you know, Europe doesn't, nobody in Europe has the equivalent of the hyperscalers from the US. That said, those same hyperscalers are also acquiring European firms, in particular in AI as well, because there is a lot of innovation and a lot of leadership, including um, from the UK as well. Well, absolutely. Um, I, I think um, you're right. I think the, the US is is kind of looking around and saying, yep, the, this technology is accelerating. Um, it's going to touch pretty much every uh, every aspect of, 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 uh, of our lives and, and how businesses operate. So clearly, there's a risk there. Um, you know, several several kinds of, of of risk, and we need to do to do something. Um, I guess the the the, the obvious question is, um, you know, governments see that they they see that they they need to be proactive and they need to be doing uh, doing something. Um, but is is uh, you know are the challenges still still quite uh, uh, you know insurmountable? How how can you how can you manage a um, a sort of technology which is accelerating so quickly? Um, you know, is is it some kind of oversight and some kind of um, you know compliance regulation, whatever we want to call that? Um, I guess is is it is it practical to be able to create that, and then I guess to to police that uh, once you've created the legislation. Um, it's a very good question. And the first thing to say, clearly, there are challenges there. And it, it's also clear that when people say there should be a central body that has a, to approve every algorithm before it's put live, I don't think that is realistic. Because no, no. even if you, um, uh, you know, somebody certifies this algorithm as being okay, um, as if you've ever worked with um, AI models, you will know that models start deteriorating the moment they're they're put into production. Absolutely, um, yes. AI systems require constant, I call it feeding and watering. They require monitoring, they require adjustment and so on. Um, so I don't think it's realistic to have kind of, a, you know, a kite mark or a seal of approval on algorithms unless they're very simple. I'd flip it round and say what is appropriate is to have legislation in place because sadly self-regulation doesn't tend to work. We've seen yes. that plenty yes. of times, you know, Indeed. we don't need to go into detail there. It is important to me anyway, to have some boundaries set. You can do this, but you can't do that. And what to me is absolutely key as well, and that is in um, the proposed um, EU regulation, very, very clearly spelt out. Um, the guidelines that you have to follow, um, and and what you can and cannot do, but it does become principles based. And there are clearly grey areas. For example, um, how do you? Def- it, it, it is not permitted to use AI in a way that causes harm. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. That sounds clear, but there are also gray areas around um, how do you define harm? How you, do you define manipulation? Clearly, if you, you if an AI algorithm ends up manipulating somebody to um, you know hit somebody else on the head and do them you know and or attack somebody, that is clearly unacceptable and and harm <laughs> has been done, physical harm. But there is also a very very um, there is a spectrum, and that's mm. why, to me, the and and yes, there will be certain areas where it's quite right to say we will not do that. Like, for example, using and that is one of the aspects in the EU proposal that real time. Um, biometric identification systems by which they actually mean real-time video surveillance that's using AI to identify people for the purposes of law enforcement. They're just saying, we will not do this. Unless there are some absolutely exceptional circumstances, yes, there is a backdoor. And similarly, um, they've said social scoring for, um, by public authorities is prohibited, again, because that would go completely against our principles. But then you also go into – that's when you look at those cl- pretty clear-cut categories. Mm-hmm. What, to me n- – is the really important aspect is transparency and explainability. Um, It is um, a good thing to say that AI that is used in high-risk categories whereby you've got critical infrastructure, anything to do with worker management, anything to do with law enforcement, border control, um, you are subject to strict obligations before release into the market. And yes, you may well have bodies um, springing up, and we haven't created those yet, but this could be an area where you have somebody says, this is the standard, and when I say standard i mean this loosely these these are the kinds of things that we look for this is what you need to prove and that's where we come to explainability and transparency and that's yes. also why i keep emphasizing having an algorithm vetted once is a good start but you still need to continue fulfilling your obligations yes. and and this is this is also an area where I would go a little bit further and say explainability in and of itself isn't enough. You have to be able to explain what the algorithm does in a way that a subject matter expert can interpret what the system is telling you it's done and in a way that you can challenge it. Do Is there enough information to challenge a decision adequately? Now, we've already had yes. lots of instances where somebody, in some cases, even gets taken to court. In other cases, it's possibly more trial by media, if you think what happened with the A-levels in the UK last year. Yeah, um, sure. Where somebody says, whatever happened here surely cannot be right. And that's when you then start investigating. And sometimes it can go the other way around as well. There was a well-known incident that you may recall when it was, um, when there were lots of reports that the application process for the Apple card um, was biased against women. Yes, indeed. 
a court in New York um, found in favor of Apple and Goldman, the bank, and said actually there wasn't any intentional bias in there, but that they, Apple and the bank could have done better when it comes to customer service and transparency. So they didn't entirely get um, let off the hook. Indeed. So um, a, a lot of the time, in essence, will only... Um, the, the, the enforcement will actually sadly be when something goes wrong, but in many cases that will be unavoidable, if that makes sense. And I'll stop here. It, <laughs> I it, gave it, a bit it, of a lecture there. It, it does. Um, I, I think that's. I think that's right. Um, I mean, the Apple case, of course, is uh, is interesting um, because per se. As you said, they they, they were found to be, uh, I guess, not guilty uh, of uh, what they were accused of. Um, but it, it sort of seemed to me that um, the the issue then, and I guess this applies to to all AI uh, uh, systems, it's it's their application, isn't it? It's how you are um, using them in the real world. Um, yes, you 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 could look at uh, potentially. Um, heck, yeah, we, we have compliance issues with uh, right to the algorithm level. But really, the issue is you are building a system, whatever it is. It's how you apply that. It's, it's, it's as, you, as you've outlined, it's, it's the, the ethical considerations, the transparency, the explainability. But it's what are you using that AI for? That's kind of where the policing is probably going to sit, isn't it? Because yeah. that's the interface between the AI itself and either an individual or a group of people um, that it's actually um, uh, impacting on. No, no, that's absolutely right. And what companies should never do is abdicate. Companies, it, it is always people who select, well, first of all, the choice to use AI. <laughs> then yes, it is still people who choose the algorithms. It is people who choose the data that goes into the algorithm. And you can't just abd abdicate and say the computer did it. Apart yes, it from anything yes. else, it yes, doesn't It wasn't us, it was the AI. It wasn't us at all. Yeah. It doesn't sound very good in a court of yeah. law of no, no, the no. computer did it or yeah, your absolutely. honor whatever you say absolutely. in a court of law yeah but that seems to me to be that's kind of where um you know these these task forces these these compliance um uh, regulations and all the rest of it that's that's coming down the line um that's kind of where they, they are they're, they're, that's their challenge isn't it it's to it's to look at you are a company you are building this ai at speed um some would argue too quickly uh, without all the checks and balances in place. Um, so really then it, it is going to be that kind of thing. It's, it's almost going to be policing after the event. Something's happened, uh, some, maybe someone's privacy has been uh, compromised or, or whatever it is. Then the legislation kicks in. Well, it's too late then because you know, the damage has been done. Uh, something's happened and someone's privacy has been compromised. Um, so do we need to take a step back? And the, I guess, the regulations and the checks and balances, they kind of need to be built into the AI, don't they? Um, they can, but there, there is there is genuine a limit to what you can do, and Indeed. what you mm. what you don't want to do is, you know, the classic throw out the baby with the bathwater. There is yes. a lot of good, yes. and there are trade offs as well. Some Indeed. of those trade offs are conscious. Some of those trade offs um, you make. Um, 
because you have to. Um, classic example, you know, where where we're all giving. De- uh, you're more. Pro- and sorry, I'm tripping over too many thoughts here. Um, <laughs> for example, you 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 don't want everybody to track your whereabouts, but you're happy to have your whereabouts tracked by an app that actually shows you where you need to go. Turn right indeed. here. Turn left That's there. Right. Yes, and then it's a matter of how that data is used. And this is where regulation legislation can kick in. Um, you know, we've already got that, um, at least theoretically with GDPR, that Indeed. you're only so you're, you're only by law meant to use the data for the purpose for which it has been captured. And to me, it's also an indication of why we need regulation because self-regulation doesn't work, that companies will always try and find loopholes. Like, like for example, I'm using this, um, I'm using this data for a legitimate, for legitimate business reasons. Well, what is, is it still legitimate to contact somebody five years after they've um, last purchased a product from you? And, and you know, w- without um, going down this particular rabbit hole, that's why it's important to me, first of all, to set out clear guidelines and legal um, what you're what you're legally allowed and not allowed to do, because as you point quite rightly point out, and I've also said, a lot of this will only um, will only be. Um, We'll only discover what can and can't be done when we start getting lawsuits because we can't police everything. And the fact that nothing bad happens doesn't mean that that same algorithm might not result in something bad happening next week because yes, of an unexpected sure. circumstance. But it's it's one thing to find, you know, um, something bad happening as a as a result. Or, and when I say bad, this can range from somebody just feeling that they've been taken, you know, that they've had some inappropriate advertising sent right to somebody actually suffering physical or financial damage um, because of what an algorithm did. Indeed. If there are clear rules in place at the beginning, then it's much easier to say what happened here is against the law, was against the law, and don't do it again. Don't use AI in ah, that well, way that, again. That, that's, that's an interesting point because I, I did want to, uh, to to ask you about that because it, it, it seems to me AI is different. Um, well, we have a law. Uh, it says, okay, if you steal something from a supermarket, you will be prosecuted because you, you brought the law. And the law is it's illegal to steal something without paying for it. That's a clearly defined um, law, and it's clearly defined about how you uh, break that law and what the consequences will be. Um, but as you kind of mentioned at the top of this uh, this conversation, AI is kind of different because by definition, uh, I mean, when we're talking about AI, most of the time we're talking about machine learning, aren't we, really? That's, that's kind of what we're talking about. Now, the thing with machine learning, the, the core, is it's a learning system. Uh, you know, it's in the title. Um, these systems evolve uh, forward, um, and they, they change, and they morph, and they, cha- and they, they evolve to uh, hopefully a set of goals which, uh, which you've defined. But they, they're kind of not set in stone like a law is, in, say, like if you steal something. No, but the, 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 outcomes, the outcomes that are permitted, I mean, as, as I said myself, there are grey areas. Indeed, and yeah. And there, there, in fact, are also grey areas in existing legislation, um, in, you know, in, in the same way as you have different, I'm, I'm sounding a little bit extreme here, in law you have different degrees of murder depending on what the intent was. That is a matter of interpretation 
legislation as well, it's not always clear cut. So it's not always that the law, the law has many, many gray areas. The point with regard to AI is we shouldn't use as an excuse that some of those algorithms are self-adapting, not all of them. Um, That's where I go back to my point. It is people's responsibility to monitor those AI systems and whether they include a self-adjusting element or not. um, As I also mentioned, models do deteriorate. The inputs may change, for example, and this is this is more about forecasting than anything else now, but the pandemic mm-hmm. would be a classic example where Indeed. every retailer had to basically throw out all their forecasting systems because, you know, they're based on historical data. Historical patterns are out the window when, pe- when the shops are closed. And, That's right, yes. And, and even when the shops are open, you don't have a normal Christmas or holiday season when um, – when you have restrictions on people's movements, even if they can go to a shop. So um, the real world changes may also influence what happens there in in perfectly normal ways. My main point here is it remains people's responsibility to monitor what those things are doing. And I personally do not accept when somebody says, ah, but they're so complicated. Sorry, if if they're so complicated that you're completely losing all um, view of what is actually happening, then maybe you shouldn't be using it Depending on the circumstance, an example I, I often give, you know, games developers, they will tell you that they have no idea how the algorithm did what they did. As long as they're happy with that, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. And ultimately, you know, okay, what what's the worst that can happen? The game crashes. That is not like somebody you know, being killed or otherwise suffering harm. If you really, I mean, it would be technically with high overhead and hugely cumbersome, but theoretically you could build audit trails into the system whereby you force technically um, the algorithm to document its steps. As I said, hugely complicated with huge overhead and you may say it's not worth it, but anybody who says it cannot be done, no, no, if you really want to do something, it can can be done. It's more a matter of proportion. And going back to your very legitimate point, it, there, there is a point where it, it is interpretation. It's not clear cut. But then I would say that the same applies to, to law as well. Well, that, that's right, Martha. I, I, think, uh, I think all that is absolutely uh, uh, valid. Um, I think I'd like to close, I guess, by, by asking you, I guess, what you'd like to see. Um, we've, we've talked about uh, you know, the task force in the US. We, we've talked about the uh, the moves within the within the EU. Um, I suppose ultimately, um, are, are you confident that uh, you know, in a few in a few years' time we will have um, you know, uh, organisations that uh, have uh, are, are able on a practical level to uh, to let's call it policing AI or to have some kind of oversight? Are you confident that those organizations will exist and they will have a a practical impact on how AI um, influences our lives? I hope that we will be part way there. The reason I'm not sounding 100% um, positive and and confident that it will happen is because it is also a matter of enforcement and how much is made available in terms of resources. And when you look at GDPR and equivalent legislation, um, 
whenever you see that something is not being enforced, um, I don't want violation sounds a bit strong, but um, when something is not enforced, people feel less incentivized to make sure that they abide by the regulation. Indeed. And what what I would say is that turning it round, I would hope to see happen is that companies recognize the importance of being transparent and the importance of building trust because trust will be at, at the base of all interactions that we have, whether it's as consumers with shops or, or brands or as citizens with the government. And this is where trust gets destroyed when something happens where I say, hang on a minute, how could they possibly do that and why didn't they pay more attention so Indeed. it's around um that transparency which is little things like and that again you know it's proposed by the eu as well and it makes absolute sense um that you have to declare um when the user is interacting with a with an ai chat bot because you know from that little chat window that you have you can't tell whether what comes back to you was a human or a machine <laughs> Um, but understanding that you're dealing with a machine changes things. That's obviously a very primitive example. But I would turn it around and say, um, I hope that companies will realize that it's in their own interest to be transparent and to be compliant. And I would sincerely also hope that lessons are learned from the, f the failure to apply um, to enforce existing legislation, which then um, just results in continued in continued violations and abuses, or just not paying enough attention um, to compliance.